Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW, coming at you as we do every Sunday from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. This Sunday being August 21st, 2016, closing ceremonies for the Olympics today. We are going to be able to look back on this Olympic um, these Olympics as being one where we, we have certain memories that will be etched into our, our brain forever. I would argue uh, a very memorable Summer Olympics for this year, 2016. Many other storylines that myself, Kelly Patrick, and my man Steve Driver will get to this morning. How are you doing this morning, Steve? I'm pretty good. We, we've got NFL preseason, plenty of storylines across the NFL that we can get to. Ryan Lochte lying to Matt Lauer. Uh, little, Rep- little fib. <laughs> Being representative of the United States and really people of our generation. I'm 33 years old. Uh, what are you, 30? Yeah, but... So, so across, wa- across the world, Ryan Lochte is representative of you and I. Yeah, but we're not walking around with silver hair. And the grill. Yeah. Seriously. He doesn't wear his grill anymore, does he? He used to, though. Would you- do you ever see yourself doing that in the past? I have. Uh, once in high school, I wore my buddy's grill for a whole day. I felt pretty cool. Yeah. Did, did you get hit on? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was not hit on. No. Maybe the second hour, you could just break, I, break down that day. If anybody wants to buy a grill and, and contribute it to me, you know, donate it to Kelly Patrick, I'll wear it. I'm not opposed to grills. And, and I... I honestly, if I look at myself in the mirror and I had a grill on, I think it looked pretty cool. So we also have the UFC fight. I went over to Steve's wife's parents' house and we watched the fight. It was a really cool. Um, it's becoming a little bit of a tradition, I think. Your uh, Katie's family love uh, Katie's father loves yeah, yeah. the Irish tradition and takes pride in Conor McGregor because of the Irish heritage. Why don't you just go ahead and give the the address? address, yep. No, I think it's cool that that um, there's a lot of fan support for Conor McGregor. He's a boxer. He boxed a long time ago. And I, I think it's very cool, the support that goes into a prize fight, regardless of the fact that it's UFC and not boxing. Steve. Yeah, uh, he's really good for the sport. What would UFC 202 be without him? I think he made the most money, $3 million. $3 million purse. Nice. The uh, UFC needs them. Obviously, being an all-sports show, we don't want to get too much into the UFC coverage. You and I could talk for two hours specifically about fighting yeah, because we're fans of the sport. But it was entertaining. Conor McGregor won via decision. Anthony Johnson, an American light heavyweight, so 205-pounder, Knocked out a Brazilian Glover Teixeira. That was exciting also. So there was an exciting undercard fight too. But across the landscape of sports in our country, not the biggest story right now. Yeah. Pay-per-view. How many people bought that or were interested in it? I think a lot. A lot, maybe, if you're a diehard sports fan. But I think pay-per-views in general just turn a lot of people off. 
Okay. I have a, a skewed perspective because I'm I've been a fan for years of boxing and and increasingly so mixed martial arts. I'm actually training Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, you told me multiple times. Uh, I don't know if I told the fight last I don't night. know if I told you that yet. Yeah. Have I mentioned that to you? Yeah. So, from my perspective, I, I I think it's it's growing at a rapid rate. The interest and the intrigue across the country, but there are still a per- percentage of sp- traditional sports fans who feel it's a little too barbaric. And last night was a testament to that. <laughs> How much blood was in the main event? Yeah, that was bad. That was not. If you're looking for a and Nate Diaz talking trash in both of the both of the fighters, there's no subtlety across yeah. mi- mixed martial arts. They get the microphone immediately afterwards, and it's f this, f that. Um, there's blood all over the place, so we can move on from the UFC talk. Um, but I did think it was intriguing. I obviously personally enjoy it, but that that's not the narrative that I want to be written where I'm a UFC fan and that's all I got. So I'm going to move on. All right, Steve, yeah. I'm, I'm going to put it in our past. I train Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I can move past that. <laughs> Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384. 1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action. We got the closing ceremonies for the Olympics. Steve, you look like you got something. Yeah. When I was a kid, um, I did some Taekwondo for two or three years. <laughs> I'm not going to take that bait. Come on. Not on the air. I think. I, did I, you? I was like a green belt, man. I think that's. W- were you really? You have to do at least 10 years of jujitsu to be a green belt in Taekwondo. J- green belt is unique in jujitsu. I, I just to, looked it up. Kids. Two kids. <laughs> um. But that's cool. Did you actually earn a belt in Taekwondo? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. No, Taekwondo is striking, kicking, and, and punching to a, a large degree. And obviously, if someone's real experienced in Taekwondo, they can come in here and kick my ass. Seriously. Yeah, I didn't want to dwell on this too much. I just wanted to say, you know, I'm, yeah, I know what I'm you're an trying experienced to do. fighter, and <laughs> I think maybe if we squared off, I mean, hypothetically, how much do you waste? People you? could say I'd win. If we, if you and I, if there was a line to be made, a fight between S- Steve Driver and Kelly Patrick, I mean, I don't know what the line would say, honestly. I'm not claiming that I'm good at jiu-jitsu at all. At all. But it is intriguing to learn a little bit about it. Uh, the good folks at, at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Kentucky, Scott Smith, um, and Donna Smith over off Blankenbaker. Honestly, great gym. I, I I couldn't say enough positive things about that place. Um, so it's intriguing to, to to learn and to be able to see it applied into an actual sport of mixed martial arts on a big stage. But I'm not going to take your bait, Steve. Not this morning, okay? I didn't drink that much last night, Steve, where I'm going to take that bait and bash Taekwondo. Because if somebody's really good at Taekwondo, they'll kick my ass. I don't need that. Kelly Patrick does not need that, Steve. Other storylines. Closing ceremonies for the Olympics. I, I've sensed, Steve, you're a little past this Olympics, okay? Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, in, it's, it's coming your, down, I, I believe. In your rearview mirror. The it's last, past The you. last day is today. I mean, the only thing that has my interest right now is USA basketball, the gold medal game against Serbia. Uh, that... Should be 
a good game, I guess they say. I don't know too many of the players on the Serbian team. I'm looking but, it up right now. I can't think no, of anybody. I, I looked it up earlier. I, did, I didn't recognize maybe one of the names. Really? And it, this is going to be good, you looking it up, because you're going to try to pronounce a few of the names. Oh, I'd I'm, like to see how that goes. Fortunately for me, I'm really good at pronouncing. My, my pronunciation skills <laughs> are, seriously, I, 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 last thing I ever want to do is brag about anything, but Milis Teodosi. Already jujitsu and Sasha Yarchevich. Look, yeah. I, and your grill. I, I, yeah, I like to get that type of stuff out of the way early. I, I, I would wear a grill. If someone got yeah. me a grill, I, 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 I would wear a grill on a daily basis. Yeah. Um. No, you're right. Very impressive for Serbia, right? That they can so 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 you're intrigued in hindsight. It's in your rearview mirror. The Olympics for 2016. But you gotta say this is a memorable Olympics. I mean, jeez, yep. what uh Usain Bold is now tied with Carl Lewis with nine gold medals in the track and field. Yeah. All time. Other than Michael Phelps. Oh yeah, Michael Phelps completed his yeah, I agree. Great Olympics. Memorable. You're ready to move past it, though. No, I, That's what I'm we, sensing. We got to see the two best in their respective sports, maybe ever. What else are we going to remember? Simone Biles? But, Simone but, Biles is yes, only 18, absolutely. I think. So she, right. she, she's got a, few, a couple more Olympics. But for the next four years, I, are you going to pay attention to swimming or track and field no. at all? No. So those events are over. Uh, those are the biggest events. The Olympics are winding down, is what I'm saying. What do you think? That's right. Oh, obviously, today's the, the closing day. Uh, we are basketball fans here in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market. And even if we were in a different part of the country, we're basketball fans. You're wearing a, wearing a Cleveland Cavaliers hat right now. Yeah. Um, so, having pride in the United States... Um, that's something that's intriguing. United States wins gold again. I said last week, I think it was, that the only way the United States basketball team can really make any noise is by failing to win the gold. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not necessarily our best team, right? No, LeBron's not expected there. expected to, to win easily. Easily. And I used the example when speaking with my, my dad yesterday or a couple of days ago. Harrison Barnes is on paper probably our worst player. Yeah, but I wasn't disappointed when they when they picked him up on the team. They need more role players yeah. like that. What do we have? Just tons of scores. Yeah. Kyrie Irving, Carmelo, <laughs> yeah. even Kyle Lowry and DeRozan. Those guys just score. They're not, Paul George. Know, they don't even. do the dirty work. Yeah, just scores. I think uh, Charles Barkley this past week had some criticism for how the team was constructed. Really? But yeah, and he made a pretty good argument that it's just a in, a lot of individual players that are just pure scorers, and we need more of the Harrison Barnes type players, role players. Harrison Barnes seems like a, an athlete who's a good spot up shooter, right? Yeah, plays great defense. Too. Plays great defense. Okay, I love I love hearing Charles Barkley. You know what? Um, and forgive me, our listeners, for being a little all over the place as I am each week. That's what I go for. But this past week, 
I, I got into the new Bill Simmons show every, any given Wednesday. Yeah. And so I've been watching retroactively. I've been watching each, each episode. And Barkley was on, of course, Barkley was on Bill Simmons' first episode. Yeah. And for those of our listeners who are not familiar, Bill Simmons is a guy who has very strong opinions. I would say he, if, he, if he was in here right now in this room with us, he'd fit right in. Um, he's got strong opinions. He was not a good fit for ESPN. No. No. But, uh, but on HBO, you can use the F word. You can say whatever you want. And it just made for some very intriguing conversation. They were doing things like, you know, Bill Simmons says that LeBron's certainly best three players ever as of right now. Bill Russell, Jordan, and LeBron are the best three ever. And, and so it made for some very intriguing conversation. So uh, going forward, I, I hope to coordinate my viewing of some of these HBO programs, to be honest, into the weekend sports buzz. Because I, Bill Simmons, in, in this unfiltered version of sports yeah. analysis, I think is very refreshing. Because you watch it, you know? Yeah, but you have to be on, you have to have HBO to watch that it's a shame that you can't watch that on cable television. That's but right. I'm with you. I'd like to think that we have a small piece of that very honest to a re- degree. refresh. Yeah, to a g- degree. We, obviously, we can't cuss too much, but God. we can make some very strong takes. I wish we could. Not have very many repercussions for that. Yeah, as long as we are articulated yeah. correctly. So the, the, the topics we want to get to this morning, there are plenty of NFL storylines. Steve, you and many others across the country are just going nuts over Dak Prescott. <laughs> I, you were comparing him to Joe Montana. Oh my gosh! Come you, on, you, you were comparing him to Joe, weren't you? No, you're trying to you're trying to start something right here. Uh, I, believe- uh, I I personally prefer to have a little bit of perspective when. Analyzing my NFL quarterbacks and Dak Prescott's done well in the preseason, Steve. But Joe Montana was in a whole different right. Kelly, did I compare him to Joe Montana? <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay, but I was watching the second preseason game and he picked up right where he left off. He was. <laughs> I told you at one point, first two games combined, he was eleven for thirteen, and those two incompletions were drop passes. What does that mean? Is it means that the that he's he's been very accurate. He threw another TD pass to Dez. He's been playing with a lot of. He's been playing against first team defenses as well. But he, I, I also saw him. He did end up throwing an interception. But if you're a Cowboys fan, you have to be excited about that. They were still looking for backup quarterbacks up to two weeks ago. Now you figure out that Dak Prescott. Is, Who was their backup? Was it last year? Was it Brandon Whedon? Was that a couple years ago? Didn't Romo get hurt? And, and was Romo it, got hurt last year. And it was Brandon Whedon who stepped I, in? Yeah, maybe one or two guys that helped out. A couple different players. I should know that. That's all right. Um, but I, if there's such thing as a reason to be optimistic for the future, it is that you have a elite offensive line, and beyond that, depth at offensive line. I'm not a huge Cowboys fan, but I think they're a very good topic. Of conversation, just with the owner, okay. how, how insane the stadium is. The, 
just good storylines on the field too. You have Romo and Dez. What about the picture? Who can never stay healthy. Debauchery and, is a theme of our show. An awful defense, but yet is, is if there, their it, offense can stay healthy, they could possibly win the division. Is their defense that bad? Uh, yeah. It's I, that bad. I don't think I can name anybody on their defense. Not anybody good. They picked up the, the domestic the guy who has the domestic assault charges. Who they they drop Greg Hardy. They gra- drop Greg Hardy. Yeah, right, but yeah. they do have to make up for that. They have Lay Le- 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 I don't know how to pronounce his name. Lael Collins on okay. the offensive line. And he has some domestic assault charges. Oh, he, he was uh he was undrafted rookie last year from LSU that was involved in maybe something pretty bad. <laughs> You'll have to look it up on. I'll, break, I'll check but. it out. He's on um, in. I mean, he's part of their great offensive line, though. When it comes to debauchery, I think Jerry Jones. That's what's great, honestly, about guys like Jerry Jones. He has so much money; he doesn't care. Remember that photo that came out with him in that? <laughs> was that a couple years ago? Clearly, like in a bathroom doing something with some very young girl, and he's like seventy something. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to debauchery and storylines, you're right. There's no void for that. If you are following the Dallas Cowboys, along my along my with my theme of HBO from this past week, I started watching Hard Knocks, and I'm caught up now on the St. Louis. I'm sorry, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, good show, isn't it? Greg Greg Williams, isn't that the name of the defensive coordinator? Greg Williams, yeah, and Mike Singletary are on that defensive staff. Obviously, Jeff Fisher, the head coach, former defensive coordinator, so a strong. Defensive nucleus there for the the Los Angeles Rams and the return after a 21-year hiatus uh, in St. Louis back to Los Angeles, I think makes for some many storylines. I mean, Mike Singletary is one of the more quoted guys in the head coaching ranks of, of recent memory. Greg Williams, we've had our man Earl Heyman in studio who was on Actually, won the, was a member of the team that won the Super Bowl for the Saints. Greg Williams also has some of the best quotes ever. As Jonathan Vilma and other players ended up uh, re, you know, re, reciting some of his quotes where he, he put hits on players. That was his thing. He would give bonuses if you hurt somebody. Yeah. How exciting is that? Los Angeles Rams, defensive... Coaching and staff. Was, the Saints were pretty. They remember some of those hits they put on guys like. Oh Kurt yeah, they Warner. took Brock, Brett Far out. Yeah. So, oh, they were hitting. They they were they were. Jonathan Vilma. If you read some of the transcripts of those interviews for what was it called, Bounty Gate. Yeah, that's some of the best stuff ever. And what I like about it is Greg Williams. What do you think he's now changed? You think he's a different man now? What I like about HBO is that there's so much, it's not filtered. And so you get to hear what the coaches and players actually say to each other. Yeah. F-bomb this, GD, just just all sorts of horrible stuff. These guys are barbarians, which is not news to me or to you. But it's refreshing to actually be able to have a perspective on that. And Greg Williams embodies (laughs) a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I, I don't think he's necessarily putting hits on people like he was back in I think the year was maybe 2009 or 10. Is that is that about when the Saints won the Super Bowl? Something like that. I'll bring it up. Yeah, when they beat the Colts. Yeah. But 
He is, yeah, it was 2009. He is their coach. He's their defensive coach. He didn't, he's not blackballed for putting hits on trying to hurt stars in the league. He gets his own HBO reality show now. He's not the head coach. Though. He's not the head coach, but no, you're right. The great Jeff Fisher. Well, yeah, yeah, elaborate. And I, sorry for my uh, ramblings. Yeah, you, what, what are your thoughts on Jeff Fisher? You took your um, love affair for Greg Williams a bit too far. I, I got carried away there. Bonnie, yeah. They, uh, but there's some legitimacy to that. He put hits on the superstars. Yeah. And I know that's machismo or say what you will about the... He served a suspension for that. He's um, It's in his past. Now he's a gentle guy. Yes, he is. He's very gentle yep. now. Okay. So what are your thoughts on Greg Fisher? HBO Hard Knocks this year. I think they're in their Jeff, 11th year of, of production. Yeah, we now, talk, now it's the, the Rams. Jeff Fisher. We we talked about this a little last week. He's a, a roundabout career 500 co- head coach. Slightly above 500. Yeah. And he keeps on getting contract extensions. This year, they have a great defense. Second year with Todd Gurley. I was looking at their schedule. Kelly, I want you to week one at the Niners. Not that big a deal. Week two, Seahawks. Then at the Buccaneers, week three. And that's uh, West Coast to East Coast. Then at the Cardinals. So you think they're going to go one and three? And you're going to have Case Keenum be your starting quarterback. At what point do you bring in Jared Goff to take over the take over the team? I heard somebody say they think they'll be 0-4 to start the season. Losing to the, the 49ers? Chip Kelly and Colin Kaepernick? I guess not. But what, you... what a bizarre offseason and string of years have the 49ers had. Yeah, but Seahawks, Bucks, Cardinals, I think the Bucks are going to be pretty solid this year, better than people think. I, you can just I, get me going on and on yeah. about NFL teams. Okay. Um, no, I wouldn't think so. If, start 0-4. So if Jeff Fisher goes 7-9, and how, how much longer are you going to give this guy? Oh, because he moved to a new city? Big transfer? He's from, some time originally to, from Southern California. Give him some time. Give him another year to uh, settle in and... The first year in L.A. was, you know, the big transition. So, seven and nine, we expected that. Brings up, brings up an interesting topic. Would you be a, sounds to me, Steve, like you would, you'd have a quick trigger when it comes to firing your coach. Uh, if they, you if, have a quick trigger? If I've seen 15 to 20 years of mediocrity, yeah, I'd probably try to find the next guy that can put me over the top when I have that kind of defense, that kind of running game. Imagine if the Seahawks had their roster. Now maybe having Russell Wilson helps, but at the same time, I think Pete Carroll could do wonders with that team. And I think we could transition this into Jeff Fisher being a mediocre coach to Rex Ryan, (laughs) his offseason. What do you think? Only storylines that I'm familiar with, I guess, would be that Mario Williams was on the roster. Now he's... Hurt, right? No, he he left in free agency. He left. Now he's with the Dolphins. Is that right? Yes. yes. He's with. Okay. Um, Now Marcel Darius, who's one of the higher-rated defensive tackles in the NFL, 
what was that, last week? Yep. Checked himself into drug rehab. Yeah, and he's going to, he'll be suspended the first four games. And Rex Ryan is known as somebody who, on this show, honestly, in the past, I've embraced and glamorized because he's sensational and he makes for great storylines. And most importantly, a video came out where he, he clearly has a foot fetish. <laughs> That's where you're going to go talking about Rex. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I have a, so, there's a soft spot, soft spot in my heart for people who have foot fetishes. <laughs> but they have Richie Incognito, I think, don't they? All right. They, for, first round pick, Shaq Lawson is on the pup list. Physically unable to play. Yes. Okay. Reggie Raglan is expected to be out for the entire year after tearing his ACL. And then uh, Ike, I can't pronounce his last name, the guy that punched out Geno Smith in training camp last nice. year. Nice. He uh, tore up his knee. Okay. He's not even on the team anymore. Then uh, their backup running back, Carlos Williams, comes in the camp 30 pounds overweight. He got cut. He, yes, he got cut. He usually plays at 230. He came in at 261. I guess his wife is pregnant, and a lot of her cravings, he said, just rubbed off on him. Seriously? Yeah. I think stuff like that's I gained funny. weight um, when my ex-wife, when, when, through the process of, of children, um, you know, having kids. And you stuff. just want to be supportive, right? No, I mean, I obviously would have preferred not to, but it just happened. But if you're a professional athlete, and that's what you're worrying about, right? Yeah, if that's you're a professional not, athlete. Y- y- that should not be an excuse. Because when you go to work, it should be fitness, and right? Yeah. <laughs> Keeping your weight under. He gained 30 pounds as a running back? Yeah. And his explanation was something to do with his wife having yeah. their child. Here's another one for you. Uh, linebacker Manny Lawson is being investigated by the league for violating the personal conduct policy. What's that mean? I need more details, Steve. I'm sorry. Um, here we go. D- domestic violence. He could face a one-game ban. But this goes into, uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Rex Ryan was, I believe, the most penalized defense last year. And then you have an offseason like this. Sometimes I just feel like he has no control over his teams and he shouldn't be a head coach. I think he's more suited to be a coordinator, honestly. Is his brother the defensive coordinator now? Yeah, his twin yeah, brother? Yeah, he is. His teams are, they always have good talent. He runs some decent schemes. Well, he but. made the, the, the claim to fame for him, obviously, other than the lineage being born into the Buddy Ryan family, which Buddy Ryan, obviously, great Philadelphia Eagles coach. Um, was that when with the Jets, I think they reached the AFC championship game. What was it, four, three or four consecutive years? Is that right, Steve? Was it the Jets going to the AFC championship? Yeah. I believe three years in a row. Three, and that's significant. Yeah. Mark Sanchez, and we can bounce around. <laughs> we can talk about the Denver quarterback situation Listen. now. But, but that was significant, and that, that in large part has allowed him a long leash. And the foot fetish. Let's not overlook... The fact that he has a documented, documented foot fetish. This is never ending, though, Kelly. Um, LaShawn McCoy, earlier in the summer, he was involved in a nightclub brawl. It said Carlos Williams was going to miss the first month of the season. Because, because of his of weight? A, no, because of a, a drug policy violation. And he came in overweight, so even more reason to cut him. 
But this is story after story. Could you imagine if this happened to a Jets, Patriots, Cowboys? This would be crazy. I think the Cowboys got a huge fine for having three suspended players, 250 grand, something like that. The Bills might double that. So the AFC East, the Jets are in a good place. I think so, yeah. Patriots, they're going to have to serve their first four games without their fearless leader, Tom Brady. Yep. Who, upon, upon further consideration, may deserve consideration for the Balanced Hall of Fame. Makes up for an intriguing AFC East conference. I think so, yeah. The Jets... They they have it all. I I think all you're kind of worried about is Ryan Fitzpatrick because you really don't have any good backups to come in if he gets banged up. But the Jets have that great defense. They always have a power running game. I like their head coach. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline. It's 502-384-1450. Any topics out there that you have, please call us. We are a sports show. Um... And we like gossip. We like talking about anything that has to do with the world of sports. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have a caller. Caitlin is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Caitlin? Caitlin? Caitlin, go ahead. What do you have for us, Caitlin? Caitlin? What, what, what did you want to tell us this morning, Caitlin? All right, a little bit of technical difficulties there. A little trouble there. No problem. I think she was... Let's let's go ahead and visualize. What was, she, what was Caitlin going to contribute? You think she's a fan of Rex Ryan? Well, you screened her, so what did she have to say? <laughs> what she was calling in to say was to remind our listeners that it is, in fact, Kelly Patrick's birthday. Wow. Yeah. That's why you've been going on about yourself this morning. Yeah, I, I hate to do that. Grills, jujitsu, pronunciations, my birthday. I think it's, now would be a good time for someone to buy me a grill. That's all I want. I, Fair enough. I think it would be a good fit for me. We're going to head to a break. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. We haven't talked to any Major League Baseball. It's the regular season, the dog days of, of Major League Baseball. My Cincinnati Reds are hot. They are out of the basement. Come on. They are. They've won 8 out of 10, Steve. Please. They're no longer in the bottom of the National League Central. Uh, big win last night. Relatively hot. And obviously, I'm being facetious. They're not that hot. Your team, the Cleveland Indians, are very hot. Maybe the hottest team in baseball. Kipnis, uh, Lindor. I mean, the list goes on and on about the guys who are producing for your Indians right now. Yeah, they've been playing very well. They've always had that. Good pitching staff intact the entire entire year. Jose Ramirez, Carlos Santana, uh, Kipnis. I mean, really, it, it, it's a, a very I- impressive run right now that yeah. Terry Francona, especially considering that they don't have their best player. We're going to get to that and more across the world of sports after this break. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve and myself will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Cause the troubles of the world again. A two-faced woman and a devil man. A snack to the child will make the man. 
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Coming at you this Sunday, as we do every Sunday. This being Sunday, August 21st, 2016. Closing ceremonies of the Olympics, Summer Olympics, for the year 2016. Plenty of other storylines that myself, Kelly Patrick, and Steve Driver are getting to this morning. Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. Anything we're discussing this morning, we would love to hear your feedback. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we have our man. Marcus is on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Marcus? Great. How are you? Doing great. We appreciate you calling in. What do you have for us this morning? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, baseball and maybe the uh, Cleveland Indians. So I thought I'd just come in and uh, throw in my two cents worth on the uh, future World Series champions. You you have chosen the Cleveland yeah. Indians to win the World Series this year, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Why? Wow. Uh, I, I know Sports Illustrated sort of stole my thunder, but uh, I feel like I might have been ahead of the game on that. And, you know, Jason Kittness, uh, plus there was a, a great story I read not too long ago about how you know, Mike Napoli, they call him Uncle Nap on the team. Uh, now his leadership and his partying ability has really translated to the rest of the team and made them feel like uh, they can get a World Series win done. And uh, I-, I couldn't agree more. I know they've had a little trouble here lately with their uh, starters. But, I mean, even last night's game that they lost, you-, you-, you know that deep in their hearts, the Toronto Blue Jays, right up until the very last out of that game, we're wondering, is this going to happen again? Because, you know, the Indians won the two nights in a row before that in walk-off fashion. The, the Indians are, are arguably the hottest team in baseball right now. Um, they are your choice, clearly, to come out of the American League, Marcus. You are a baseball fan. Who's your choice to come out of the National League? Well, since it's the National League, I'll take the Washington Nationals. Oh, okay. Just, I, still got, I still got a lot of faith in them. I think uh, the Giants are floundering. Uh, I have no faith in the Dodgers in the postseason. I never have. What about the, uh, what what about what, the Cubs? The Dodgers you, you, better hope they don't end up in the wild card because every time they play the St. Louis Cardinals, they lose. Okay. And the Cardinals somehow, despite being awful this year, are still in the second wild card as of this morning. And the Dodgers just don't want to play St. Louis. Okay. Why did you not mention the, the Chicago Cubs, Marcus? They have the best record in baseball. <laughs> so what? <laughs> C-U-B-S. Completely useless by September. <laughs> wow. Bold statement there. So you, you, if the Cubs win the World Series, I will. Uh, oh God. I will wear a Chicago Cubs hat for all of next year. Wow! Every day, <laughs> even to work. 
give it to work. I'll wait to work and explain why I'm such an idiot to believe that a hapless, worthless franchise that hasn't done squat in how many years? I'm not even talking about winning the World Series. How long has it been since the Cubs won the pennant? 60 years? I mean, get out of here. I see Epstein and a bunch of children playing baseball. Good for you. Win a lot in the regular season. Let's see what you can do. Okay. Well, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Great they, stuff. They do. They have 78 wins, five more wins than anyone else in the majors. So the Cubs, as of right now, the Chicago Cubs, clearly sitting at the top with the best record in the major leagues. Our man Marcus, who I, I have appointed as our baseball insider, literally just laughed at the notion that they would make the World Series. Well, let's not forget, I'm sure you've heard of the whole Murphy theory of the uh, – Chicago Cubs, right? I don't, I don't know that I have. There was a guy named Murphy, but he played well, for the Mets. I, I, I don't want to bore you with the whole thing. You can look it up. Uh, all, all the way back to 1908, when they actually won a World Series, there must have been some sort of alignment of the planets back then. <laughs> uh, the Cubs have had problems with people named Murphy. Owners, players, old women with goats. I, I don't know what else goes on. But I do know that the same guy that single-handedly ruined their little fairy tale next year is still playing baseball, and he plays for the Washington Nationals. So I just have a feeling that it might come down to the bat for the tenant, and then maybe that Murphy guy can hit 14 home runs in three games against the Cubs or something. Wow. So they can have another guy to complain about. Murphy did have a big postseason last year for the Mets. Now he's one of the best players in baseball for the, the Nationals. So... I'll have to follow that, Marcus. We appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you next weekend, Marcus. Have a great rest of your weekend. But I'll, I'll have to follow very closely this and do a little bit of research into this Murphy theory. I, I think it's great. You know, baseball is the type topic that here on the weekend sports us. We're not going to give too much time to necessarily until October. Um, but we are baseball fans. It, it happens. Uh, what's going on? The top storylines. We're always intrigued with. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head back to the Buzz Line. We have our man Brian the Insider is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Brian? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing this morning, Kelly and Steven? Good. What do you got for us, Brian? Good. Hey, first of all, I want to wish Kelly a happy birthday. That's fantastic. I hope you have a wonderful birthday, Kelly. A um, couple things. One, I'm going to I'm going to agree with Marcus. Um uh, Anytime a fan base like Chicago Cubs fan base doesn't care if they win, they throw the same party, win or lose, uh, that's not a serious franchise. I don't care if they got 10 games up. They're no threat in the postseason. Steven, good luck with your Indians. I'm just glad my Red Leggers are out of the basement and actually playing very good baseball. It's a shame it's taken this long in the season for that to happen, but uh, it's interesting to see what happens with that. But I'm, I'm on today to to talk about the unbelievable horse racing I watched last night. The First of all, over at Saratoga, uh, the Graveyard of Champions, the undefeated Songbird went in the Grade 1 Alabama a mile and a quarter, which is uh, longer than a Philly normally would run, a mile and a quarter on the dirt. Songbird won for fun again to keep her perfect record intact. In I believe she's 10-0 and 0 now. Nobody's gotten within three and a half lengths of her. 
Uh, very impressive, dominating performance by Songbird. If you remember, she's the filly that scratched out of the Kentucky Oaks, which was good for the Oaks because it then allowed for a, a pretty full, full field to come in. She would have been, she'd have kept it to a six or seven horse field because she's so good. But uh, she's unbelievable. And then, guys, the Pacific Classic, which has been run since 1991 at Del Mar, had another rendition last night, and it had Dortmund. It had Beholder, last year's champion, the first Philly to ever win the Pacific Classic, and California Chrome, who came into the race as the richest horse rate, richest, richest winning horse ever, over $12 million, and he did not disappoint. Go pull up the video. It was as impressive as anything I've ever seen. A great field assembled. California Chrome just took it to him from the beginning and dominated it. It's just enough to give me goosebumps. What a performance. And it really makes you wonder what would happen to all these derby winners if they weren't retired at three. Now California Chrome is five and has blossomed. Back in the old days, they would never retire a great champion horse at three. But now because of breeding, they do. And it denies the true horsemen the ability to see how great. Take example, American Pharaoh. California Chrome was a good three-year-old won the Derby, was, you know, was very, very good, but had just blossomed at four and five, and I think may even run at six. Could you imagine if we had Pharaoh back for his four-year-old campaign or any one of the wonderful horses that wins the Derby and gets retired? So it's so great to see uh, California Chrome running at five, dominating. We'll get into the uh, fall season and the Breeders' Cup Classic, but I'm telling you what, guy, not since the days of Cigar, have I seen an older handicapped horse like California Chrome dominates? I would put so far the Chrome shirt right up there with Cigar, who won 16 in a row all over the place. So real exciting stuff going on there. Hey, I wanted to talk two other things too, guys. 245 today, I think you mentioned it, the men's basketball team. That's going to be fun to watch. Serbia came within three of them in pool play, so that's going to be fun to see how that plays out. This is not the most dominant American team ever uh, that we've seen in the Olympics, but I do expect them to win. But I really want to talk football. And uh, my Cardinals, uh, yeah, I just saw this, this morning on ESPN, they're ranked number 19. Great to see them in there with all the blue blood football programs and ahead of a lot of them. But uh, they're just solid. They're solid and maybe spectacular at a few positions. They may be spectacular at the quarterback position. They may be spectacular at the wide receiver position, and they've got an extremely solid and experienced defense. Uh, most people are saying they're going to finish uh, maybe 10-2 and two or 9-3. and three. They've got three ranked teams ahead of them. Uh, we know about Clemson. We know about Florida State. But Houston, uh, who beat Louisville at Louisville last year, is coming in uh, higher ranked, and they've got what I think is the best quarterback in the country, uh, Ward Jr., I put him number one as, as a college quarterback. Kind of reminds me of Charlie Ward, no relation, when he played for Florida State and then, then started in the NBA. But that guy's very good. And uh, so Louisville's got a tough schedule. Uh, they got some patty open with a very easy game against Charlotte. But uh, then it gets very serious very, very quick. But uh, I'm very excited about the Cardinal football program, guys. Good stuff there, and certainly Lamar Jackson, Bobby Petrino, uh, I mean, the entire coaching staff of this Cardinals team. I mean, we are in Louisville, and 
we are right around the corner from, obviously, as you said, Brian, they're going to open with Charlotte, but then they're going to have some big games, and that's going to dominate our airwaves. We're, we're being fools if we're not um, – if we're not anticipating that college football is going to be a big storyline for this Louisville team and this entire city, highest ranking across the board for this Louisville football program ever. So the anticipation and the excitement, Brian, for this Louisville football team is higher than it's ever been. Yes, and, and the thing that makes it so exciting, Kelly, is that they have the potential because now they're in a Power 5 conference and they play the likes of Clemson and Florida State and Houston. And, and, and you know, they, they have the ability, if they can win those games, that's a big if. I'm not saying they're, they're going to be underdogs in all three of those games. Uh, if they can win those games or one or two or, uh, you know, a couple of those games, it's really going to do them wonders. The big thing is they've got to get off to a better start. You remember the 0-3 start they got off to last year? Uh, that cannot be repeated. So, uh, but they've got Clemson and Florida State early in the schedule, so it's going to be real interesting to see. But Bobby has put together a classy program. Devontae Fields is being talked about as one of the best defensive players in the country. Uh, they got a solid defensive line. The offensive line looks to be much improved. Two true freshmen that played a lot last year are back, much better. They've got some JUCO transfers in. So the the big weakness on the on the team last year was the offensive line that looks to be improved and and Lamar is actually now able to take snaps under center which really would open up the running game should open up the running game Brandon Radcliffe had a very good uh, spring and uh, I'm sorry fall campaign so uh, it looks like if you remember Lamar didn't have the experience and uh, to take it. You can only do the shotgun, and, and, and we could not run last year until Bowling came in, and he would take snaps under center, and that opened up the running game. That's going to be different this year, but the schedule's finally there. The power strength of schedule's there. Now the Cards just have to step up and win some of those big games. Great stuff, as always, from our man Brian the Insider. We appreciate your call, Brian. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you next weekend. Have a great rest of your weekend, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Kelly, again, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Good stuff there. Covered a lot. Uh, Our man Brian, the insider, obviously excited not only about a big night of horse racing last night, but looking forward to the college football season. Yeah. Thoughts, Steve? I know that... Oh, you made some good points about the cards. They started last year pretty rough. Very rough. Owen, what was it, Owen 3? Auburn, Houston, Clemson. Those are your first three games. That's, That's tough, but... Ended up having a pretty good year, though. Yeah, yeah, but what they need to avoid this year is losing the games that they they should win. Obviously, I, like a loss to Pitt last year. You can't. Yeah. If you if you want to move up in the ranks and be a legitimate, you always hear U of L fans. How do we take the next step? Well, don't lose those silly games that you shouldn't lose, and then. After being a top 10 team, maybe you could get top 10 recruiting classes year after year. But I agree with Brian. That game at Houston, I believe it's on a Thursday night. I don't see him winning that game. I do think they could steal one against maybe Florida State. But they can't drop another game to, say, Marshall, who was very good last year. You know, if we expect them, those three games, Clemson, Florida State, Houston to be close 
maybe lose all three, you can't drop any more games that are unexpected. And I, I think that's what what we're used to, Kelly. I mean, they usually do drop one of those games. Oh, yeah. And that's part of the ingrained in the, the fabric of the Cards football culture is you're going to lose some games you're not expecting to. Yeah, and I feel like they usually, the Cards football, they usually get better as the season goes. Don't, is, don't you believe? Certainly in recent years, Which yes. is tough because that schedule last year was so top-heavy, uh-huh. and it is pretty top-heavy this year as well. So they need, they need to get off to a good start. Luckily, they can play Charlotte and Syracuse. We can talk until, you know, the cows come home, or whatever saying that you want about Lamar Jackson in the hype and the expectations for him to be, I won't even see, say Michael Vick 2.0 because it's beyond that in college. Have you seen the stats that have separated him? Have you seen any of these numbers? Lamar Jackson statistically is the best dual threat quarterback ever or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a calculator on me. Let me see. He's going to need some help, though, yeah, Kelly. Yep. It says right here. Best dual threat no, quarterback ever. S- Come on, get out of here. <laughs> Are you that, being serious? Uh, to a degree. Ever. To a degree. That's he some played of, half a season. Three-fourths a season. No, I, I'm a college football fan, Steve. You don't understand. He's Vince the be- Young. <laughs> best ever. Braxton Miller. I'm look at look at their highlights or stats. There's no way. Come on. You're you're jumping the gun there. Can he be great? Yes, absolutely. I think he's gonna need some help. From the running game, I know they have a ton of young wide receivers. James Quick has to do something, though, right? He's a he was, senior. He was the best recruit ever. Do something. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. I know when we start talking about the hometown Louisville Cardinals, whether it be basketball or football, we stir up some some interest and and some callers. Give us a call. I don't feel like I'm going out on much of a limb. By saying, Lamar Jackson, best dual threat quarterback in the history of college football. Why did you Why did you laugh before you said it? <laughs> Honestly, some of the stats. If you look into Mark or Michael Vick's career, Lamar Jackson is so putting in up, a vacuum based on yeah, ten if, games. Yes, he is the best ever. Yes, dual threat, rushing touchdowns, passing touchdowns. You're stupid. <laughs> Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram Buzzline. I'm trying to stir up some calls, and I, it looks like we may have one. Give me just a moment. Yeah, I've, Lamar Jackson, a lot of pressure this year, though. They're gonna have, they're gonna have to have a better running game. I'm not, I'm not sold that you have to go under center to do that. We've seen teams be successful out of the shotgun year in year out. I don't think Ohio State ever goes under center. When they when they won the um, there's more to life than Ohio State, Steve. No, I'm just saying it, it does Louisville. help that he's going to go under center. Yeah, but you could get the running game going regardless. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We got our man, longtime caller, longtime friend of the show, Brother Mac is on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brother Mac? Doing fabulous, guys. How you all doing this morning? Good, good. Good. Yes, I just wanted to comment on Brownie Insiders with California Chrome winning the Pacific Classic last night. I watched that race, romping by five, 
five-year-old going a mile and a quarter at, right at two minutes. It's unbelievable. A five-year-old horse can uh, run a mile and a quarter at two minutes. That horse could have won the derby a number of years. Uh, but uh, long story short, uh, I've got one question for Brian the Insider, and if both American Pharaoh and California Chrome decide to go to the Breeders' Cup uh, Classic, who does uh, Victor Espinosa ride? Does he get on California Chrome or wow. does he get on American Pharaoh? Okay, good question there. Yeah. Who would you choose? Obviously, California Chrome is a little bit, well, I don't know. American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown, right? Who's the more accomplished? Yes, who's, but- who's the more accomplished between the two, Mac? Uh, well, in earnings, I would definitely say California Chrome for sure. Uh, but who knows with uh, American Pharaoh? You know, he's he's just a three-year-old right now. Yeah. Wow. But uh, if it was my choice, I would go with California Chrome. I was a California Chrome uh, a backer uh, when California Chrome was running in the Derby and that. And uh, I'm just a California Chrome fan more than I am American Pharaoh. So uh, I'd be interested to see how that all shakes out at the end of the year. I think they're going to uh, Santa Anita this year for the uh, Breeders' Cup. So that'd be an interesting uh, take to see which course he chooses. Good stuff there, our man, uh, Brother Mac. Before we let you go this morning, we appreciate your call. Before we let you go, anything else you want to get in on uh, this morning outside of the horse racing, Mac? You know, I haven't been following enough yet about the college football. Of course, I'm a Wildcat fan, and uh, I just hope a, a good season for him. I know the cards will be strong. Uh, I know Petrino is definitely uh, trying to build for that national championship, and he really wants it. Uh, he should have had a really good shot at it this year. We'll see how it all shakes out in the end. But uh, – I, I just wish good luck to both, and I wish, uh, Kelly, I wish you a happy birthday, bro. Thank you very much, Mac. We appreciate your call, as always. Have a great rest of your weekend. Good stuff there from our man, Brother Mac. You know, Brother Mac's one of the guys who's been out there, and even before we were on the air on the AM radio, he would call in. So it's good to hear from a, a longtime uh, supporter of the program. Going on, what, probably six years he's been calling into our shows. Yeah. That's good. Um, uh, he's right. He's a Kentucky fan, and I do not want to come across like we are. I'm a Louisville fan. You're an Ohio State fan, Steve. Yeah. Clearly, inherently, we will be biased toward those teams. But we are not a Louisville show, if no, that makes sense. No. If someone wants to talk college football and they want to talk Kentucky, I really don't think the gap is as big between Louisville and Kentucky as many Cards fans no. probably want to make it out year. to be. Look at that game last year. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not saying Kentucky's going to sneak up on anybody this year and have a big year. They're not. But I would be naive and it would be uneducated for me to come on the air and to make it sound like Louisville was in a completely different class than Kentucky. And I would love to hear a Kentucky fan call in, 502-384-1450. And build a case for me to for Kentucky to have a surprising year. It could yeah. happen. I mean, they're they're going to be better than last year. Really? The the tough part is you got to bank on a new quarterback. 
So you you can't put too much pressure on the on the kid. You, you know, Tolls transferring. What about Tolls? Tolls transferred. Not only did he transfer, did you see any of his tweets about Kentucky? No, I did not. And the former offensive coordinator, too? I mean, oh, it's, yeah, easy, yeah. it's easy to poke fun at a program like Kentucky football or Alabama basketball, right? Yeah. It, that's easy. Um, it, that's not what I'm on the air to do. I, I, I don't want to. Honestly, I want Kentucky football to do good. And... and um, They've got the resources. They're in the SEC, revenue sharing. It could end up happening, and it has happened to a degree in the past. And it's not as if Louisville has a a long track record of winning national titles in football. Yeah. And and, and then Kentucky doesn't. So it's like they're the little mm -hmm. little brother. Let's not not fall into that fallacy. And Louisville shouldn't automatically check that off as a win. You never know in these rivalry games. You You certainly never know in rivalry games. You certainly never know in rivalry games. But beyond that. There's always a chance Kentucky has an overall better season than Louisville. Listen, man, I think they could go seven and five. Really? Yeah. Are you checking out the schedule right now? Yeah, I've I've heard a little bit on local radio on them. If things go well, you and I both agree. Agree, we like to give coaches a couple of years continuity. Is continuity a, is a big is thing. It's, Even if he goes six and six, I mean, you don't get rid of a coach for that, especially at. UK football, your expectations aren't high. Give him some time to get some players in there. He's had some good recruiting classes. I think he could put together a good team, competitive team for the SEC. They've certainly got the coaching staff. Stoops, uh, say what you will about him, his mannerisms, um, anything you want. But Rich Brooks, it, it, it looked like, whatever it was, 10 years ago, the, the leash was a little too long for Kentucky football and Rich Rich Brooks. They were giving him a little too much time. Everybody was calling for his head, and it ended up, relatively speaking, paying dividends. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. I'm now on a crusade. I want a, I want a, a Kentucky football fan to call into the weekend sports buzz and give me a reason to be excited. Steve Driver... You just went on the air and predicted, did you say 7-5? and five? Yeah, I think I'll stick with it, too. There's a lot of games that could go either way. And I, you know me. I'm a positive person, Kelly. Oh, yeah. Very- I look for the best in everything. <laughs> except Lamar Jackson being the best dual-threat quarterback ever. Well, I mean, that's not even a debate. Cam Newton. There's no debate. Tim Tebow. <laughs> You're insane. Oxmoor, Chrysler, Dodge, Deep, and Rambo's line. Give us a buzz. We're going to head... To a break, we appreciate everybody tuning in this morning. Be sure to get in on the action. My man Steve Driver and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Bus. Stay tuned. Let me tell you, baby, what you mean to me. When you get tight. Yay!
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. We are the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville, Southern Indiana market. And what that means is we have an unfiltered access to our opinion on sports. I'd like to think I'm Bryant Gumble of the local sports radio scene. I don't think that's I don't think that's an exaggeration. Because he's really unfiltered, Brian Gumble. <laughs> okay, Bill Simmons. He's on the edge. Brian Gumble's living on the edge. <laughs> I just said him because he's on HBO, all right? Yeah, he does have a very good show though. Has has this morning show turned into a pro HBO hour? Yeah, you have gone over the top on how much you love HBO. All right. Well one thing I haven't gone over the top on is that let me check. Is that your calculator? <laughs> That's my calculator. Lamar Jackson. Steve, I know you're an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. Yeah. Foot, college football. Okay. But brace yourself. Lamar Jackson's the best dual threat quarterback in the history of the sport. Don't say in the history. I wouldn't call you stupid if you said this year. But if you go in Would the you history. Not? Cam Newton. We're uh, Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> and Cam Newton okay. probably isn't even the best. He's just... Easily better than Lamar Jackson you know, when it comes to college careers. I I mean, agree to disagree. I think you're li- you're losing a lot of listeners based on how <laughs> stupid you are right now. <laughs> Our man Brian the Insider earlier, when breaking down the Louisville football schedule, he mentioned the he mentioned that the Houston quarterback Greg Ward Jr. made a, a slight comparison to Charlie Ward. Florida State, all sorts of ties that we could we could draw between that. But Charlie Ward, one of the best dual threat quarterbacks ever, also right. Yeah, nothing compared to Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram Buzzline is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We can talk college football all you want. I think there is a, a, a an element of delusion here locally. With the Louisville football program, um, are we projected to be top 15 this year across the board? Yes. Are expectations higher than they've ever been? Ever preseason? Yes. I don't even have to check my calculator for that, Steve. (laughs) But? But, based on history, there's going to be some letdowns this year. Yeah. If we finish top 15... I will be very satisfied. Call me a doubting Nancy all you want. Is that even a term? Doubting, <laughs> doubting Nancy. D- doubting Tommy Thomas. I, I think you were going for negative Nancy. Maybe? Negative Nancy. <laughs> but I, in all seriousness, projecting the Louisville football team to be top 15 at the end of the year is very ambitious in my eyes. We started the year last year 0-3. Yeah, that shouldn't happen this year though, correct? No. Louisville this year starts um, versus Charlotte, September 1st, at Syracuse, September 9th, and then we got Florida State on September 17th. This is right around the corner. All right, but those first four games, those first four games, when you have Syracuse, Florida State, at Marshall, you need to be 3-1 and coming out of that, Correct. You cannot be worse than three and one. Charlotte, Syracuse, Florida State, Marshall. Yeah, I no, think I think they could potentially be, be two and two. Yeah, or or, or, or four and zero. Oh. You think yeah. they okay? I think Florida State out of out of Florida State 
at Clemson and at Houston, Florida State would be the most likely that you'd win. Really? I think so. You're playing at home. How big of a game is that? You you have to shut down Dalvin Cook. They're going to feed him the ball 30-plus times. So I think you just hope on inconsistent quarterback play and maybe you can you can come out on top. But you need to come out of there three you can't be any worse than three and one in those first four games. Because then you go to Clemson. If you're two and two, then go in the Clemson. You could be two and three very easily. Todd Grantham and his brother and the rest of this defensive coaching staff for Louisville has their work cut out for them this year. They've got a lot of uh expectations. Obviously, Bobby Petrino paired with the best dual threat quarterback ever. Uh, The the, the offense is squared away. We don't need to worry about that, right? And I'm being facetious, clearly. But offense is an issue that seems to be in good hands. Should be, yes. May not be. True sophomore quarterback had some issues with the offensive line last year. Yeah. It, it, it may not be what we're all hoping that it will be. But my point is, is Todd Grantham and this staff on defense really have an opportunity to make a statement? Todd Grantham gets paid, I think, $1.5 million a year as a defensive coordinator. That's a big salary. Yes, it is. And he's got his brother. They've got some other very high-paid defensive assistants. Are they going to be able to shut down Cook and, and game plan for September 17th against Florida State at home, this improved Papa John Stadium? Are they going to be able to put together a game plan that can make a statement nationally? You're not biased. You have no, no incentive to, to pander to your audience. Can Louisville do that? What do you ask? Can they do what? Put together a game plan where they're going to shut down that offense, win the game. Uh, winning the game is all that matters. I think they can beat them. I said that. I, what do you? What's your stance? What do you think their rec- record is going to be? Who, Florida State? No, Louisville. Oh God! Like you, you said you're thinking there's going to be a letdown. Do you think they drop one of those random games? I do. At yeah. Boston I hate College, to say it. yeah, something crazy. At Marshall, you think they could drop that? I think they 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 win their first. Two games, and then they lose in Louisville against Florida State. Yeah. They beat Marshall. I think they'll beat Clemson. What? <laughs> I don't know why. If I'm, if I'm looking, what's Clemson ranked? Three? Two. Two. Some, you could argue that they should be the number one ranked team. Okay, maybe they won't beat Clemson. I wouldn't be surprised if, I, I won't put it past Bobby Petrino and the staff to really do something incredible, such as win at Clemson. That's fair enough. Okay. Now, will they also pair that with something catastrophically horrible? I, I would predict. They would. I could see that. Potentially ruin their season. Yeah, stealing one of these big three games and then maybe dropping. Now, you, you say one of these big three games. Yeah, we've established that. Florida State, Clemson, Houston. Houston, you're right. Yeah, November 17th. And then the last game of the year. What do you think of Louisville and Kentucky's game when they play each other being the last game of the year? Does that even register for you? Rivalry? I, I like that being the last game. I think all rival, 
rivalry game should be the last week. Because you're a believer in college football and tradition. Tradition, yep. Okay. Sure am. And I like that it doesn't matter how good either team is. It's always nine times out of ten it's going to be competitive. And you could really upset a season. One of these teams could be trying to make a bowl game or you know, trying to propel themselves for the playoffs. Okay. So there's usually I, there's a lot on the line. I, lo- I like it at the end of the season. Outside of the local stories, Louisville, Kentucky, I guess we didn't even get to, but for being fair, Western Kentucky also deserves some, some mention. Yes. Uh, outside of the local stories, Steve, uh, star power, storylines across the country, Leonard Fournette of LSU. Yeah, he's in a walking boot. Did you see that? Yeah, I did, yeah. To fill our listeners in. What's the story with Leonard Fournette? I, I, I actually don't know how he tweaked that. But who but is he? He's the number one. Is he not the number one guy who's supposed to win the Heisman? Yes, absolutely. It, McCaffrey's also up there. Christian McCaffrey yes, of Stanford. I like him a lot as well. I don't know how he projects in the NFL. Yeah, it's really uh, true. It's really hard for a West Coast player to win the Just go ahead and say it. East Coast award. For a white positional player. Uh, I, go ahead and say it. You're saying only a white quarterback can win it and not a positional player? No, 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 no. Not, I'm not talking about um I guess I could see I could see him winning the 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 Heisman positionally, but excelling in the NFL. Yeah, excelling in the NFL. Could, He's not going to excel in the NFL unless you know, he turns if he gets just on the right team. If he gets on the right team, absolutely. If he catches the ball well out of the backfield, I'm if you can have a running back that could be in there all three downs, there's not many of those in the league. Mm-hmm. What if the Patriots got a hold of him? He'd be Danny Woodhead 2.0, but that's or not better. Better. I think so. He's a running back, and he returns kicks, right? He does everything. Yes, he does. Have you watched him play? Yes, I have. <laughs> very entertaining. Very, very. Um, doesn't he have some all-time yards? He's in the running for some all-time all-purpose yards types numbers. I'm not too sure. You think Fournette's going to have the better season, though? Well, I, I mean, if, if Fournette's in a walking boot for very long and he's not playing, he's out week one, isn't he? I think he is, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I think All he right. is. Beyond that, Chubb? Yeah, who, who, there's some great running backs yeah. across the country. Where's Chubb at, Georgia? Yes. All right, who else? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, Florida State. Watson at a Clemson quarterback? Shall, yeah, I'd, if you want to go other positions, yeah, for sure. So, so we, a, we were just talking about running backs. but but He's a leading leading member of the Heisman campaign, obviously. He's the leading? I, they have him as the number one overall quarterback, even in 2017 draft, draft boards. Wow. They have him as the number one QB. Any thoughts on that? I don't know. I'm not big on dual threat guys in the NFL. Obviously, there's some great. But he, ones he's right a now. good passer, though. I mean, yeah. he's not just dual threat. He's yeah. He's not the greatest dual threat quarterback ever. I don't know like how Mark tall Jackson. he is either. I'll bring that up. I don't think he's as big as Cam Newton or anything. Maybe he's, what six three. I think he's pretty big, but we'll see. I mean, check your calculator. Jameis Winston. <laughs> Jameis Winston's six three, right? Yeah, I think Jameis is a better. Better quarterback, pass overall passer than Deshaun Watson right now. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's 6'2", 20 years old. So, since we're on the topic of um, college football, did you see that 
six Notre Dame football players arrested. I, t- I saw that. One of them was a real good player, I believe. Notre Dame player punches police, police officers. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what? Wait a second. I didn't see this. Elaborate. Notre Dame. F- Five others. The Catholics. Separate One of them punched a police officer? Yes. That's not good. It's Devin Butler, cornerback. Corner, okay. Last year, listen, listen to this. You'll okay. like this a lot. I don't. First off, I should clarify. I do not like hearing that he punched a police officer. That's not good. That's horrible. No. That's about as bad as it gets. Okay, go on. The Associated Press reports that Butler allegedly punched and slammed an officer to the ground. Hey, Jesus! They were forced to use a stun gun on him. So it got pretty intense, huh? And he's a good player. I believe he is. I'm not. I'm not too positive on that. We appreciate everybody tuning into the weekend sports buzz this morning. Once again, Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram buzz line is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We're going to head to a break. Uh, on the other side, we've got our man Aaron Sheckles, local boxing trainer, uh, fighter, previous fighter, going to come in. Steve and I are no stranger to being fans of. Obviously, as we discussed, UFC last night, but also mostly fans of the sport of boxing throughout our lives. Um, So please stay tuned. Steve and I will be right back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Sometimes I feel so nice. Good God. I jump back. I want to kiss myself. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick. Coming at you as I do every Sunday morning from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. Joined in studio this morning by a couple boxing, local boxing trainers. We got Aaron Sheckles and his partner, Brian. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. Good morning. How are you? Great. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Um, I know that you guys have been in the scene. My man, Nick Barris, is a buddy of mine that I've known for a long time. And I had him on a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And one of the first things he said to me is, if you're, if you're following the local boxing scene in, in the city, you got to have Aaron Sheckles in studio. Why, what, t- tell our listeners, what is it that you do? Where's your studio at? Or where's your gym at? Um, how long have you been around the sport? Uh, what, what, what is your mission when it comes to boxing? Well, you know, I boxed as an amateur. Um, started out when I was eight years old um, at the uh, boys club uh, downtown Louisville. And um, I boxed from eight to 23. I had over 100 amateur fights. Wow. I was a, a five-time Golden Gloves champion. Um, and, you know, boxing was my life for a long time. And, you know, I was out of it for a while. You know, I had two pro fights, and then after that, you know, life happens. 
So, uh, you know, married, had a kid and, and a job. And then um, one day a young man that lived in my neighborhood wanted to box. And at, at that time there was only maybe one or two gyms around Louisville that was open. And uh, I decided that, you know, I could train. You know, I have the experience. And we started back in uh, 2000, or late 2010 and uh, started in my basement at my house. And uh, from there, you know, um, I trained a young man. Name is name is Fred Compton. And uh, that following year, he was the 2011 national title champion. And um, it it progressed from there. Eventually, it grew to the point where uh, my wife didn't want all that noise in the basement. So <laughs> Brian and uh, I, we had to go out and find a spot. And Brown Brian found a spot. Uh, off of 1282 Old Fern Valley Road, and that's where we are currently at. So so w- what is the mission of your gym? You, you bring in kids who want to train. If you, How do you get these, these – is it specifically young guys, or um, h- how exactly do you go about – No, 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 it's not specifically young guys. I, I, anyone can come in. And okay. for am- my, my goal, our goal is to train amateur boxers and make them the best amateur boxers they can be. Okay. Um, and, and, and to do that, you have to travel, you know, around the country. And, and we've done that uh, in the past uh, two or three years. We, we have gone all over the country, literally, and, uh, to get these young men experience. Uh, the, the ages start from eight. Um, I even have uh, fighters as old as 24, 25. How many guys are you currently training? I've got... Uh, 12 right now, and I have a little seven-year-old girl that's going to be a beast. Really? She's going to be a beast. Wow. Okay, so so Aaron, once again, Aaron Sheckles joining us here on the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. Uh, he's got his gym on Fern Valley. Uh, Brian helps you. Is it the two of you doing the training? Yes, sir. Brian, how long have you been around the sport? Uh, I've only trained, and but I've done it all my life. Okay, so you've been around... Yeah. By, from Louisville? Yes, sir. Each other your whole lives? Well, he's actually my brother-in-law. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you guys are, you guys are family. That's how I actually got into the boxing. Okay. After meeting him. So, Aaron, you're a lifelong. You said you started you started fighting at eight. Started, started training at eight years old, yes. Okay. So, let's backtrack a little. How would you get into boxing at eight? Well, like I said, uh, there was a boys club in my neighborhood. Okay. And I actually was on a dare. On a dare. Um, one of my friends that I grew up with, uh, he dared me. And I dared him, and we both started training, and um, I liked it. And I found out that uh, this was an outlet for me because I was a shy kid, you know, um, and I was a small kid. And and learning that sport helped me grow, helped me me, uh, get out of my shell, so to speak. Sure. So, obviously, you've been around the sport forever. At that time, um, I'm looking at your page here. It says that you debuted – Boxing, uh, long, you've been around the sport for a long time. I don't know exactly how old you are, yes. but, but but I mean, at that time, boxing was probably a bigger deal in the city than it is today. Yes, it, oh, definitely. You know, by the time I was uh, 10, 11 years old, you know, Muhammad Ali was still champion, um, and and he knew my trainer, and you know, we, I was awestruck. He used to come to our gym. A lot. It got to the point where he was there so much. It was just like he was a normal person. Right. So um, that uh, being around the sport that long, there, there were a lot of gyms in Kentucky. Kentucky had their own Golden Gloves at that time. Um, and since then, 
uh, our Golden Gloves are held in Indiana. Okay. So, so obviously, even beyond the amateur training and, and, and fighters that you have, you follow the sport. Oh, yes. Uh, Steve, Steve and I happen to be cas- you know, a little bit younger, but casual boxing fans. We watch it on television. Okay. Floyd May- I'm a uh, perpetual Floyd defender. Okay. Um, first off, I'll say, did you, what are your thoughts on the, the Olympics, boxing in the Olympics well, this year? This specifically. This, this was the USA's best year since, I want to say. 04? Yeah, 04. When, and that was when Andre Ward won yes, gold. Yes, so, exactly. Well, let's, just, let's just take it from there then. Andre Ward, what, what do you think of the, uh, so many old boxing fans say they like the guys who won gold in the Olympics. And that, that, that seems to be inherent in, or they at least had success, or they got robbed. If they had Roy Jones Jr. or one of those type guys, one of those stories, right. somebody got robbed. Right. That, that's sensational also. And yes. Almost yes. equivalent to a gold. Yes. Uh, Evander Holyfield, the same way. You remember, he basically knocked the guy out, and the, and the referee said stop, and punch hit the guy, and knocked him out, and he got disqualified. Okay. But he went on to become, you know, light heavyweight champ, cruiserweight champ, and heavyweight. then heavyweight champ, you know. Um, having that gold medal around your neck is a plus. What, what, what are your thoughts on Andre Ward? An- from, Andre Ward is special. From my perspective, Andre Ward should be a bigger star than he is. He, he's special. Um, the, the reason why he's not a, a household name is because he's not as outspoken as, say, a Floyd Mayweather. Um, but he's very well spoken. He's very well so, spoken. So why the hell, <laughs> right? Right. Well, you know, he's a great commentator. He's maybe my favorite commentator. Exactly. But you know, people that people like the villain. You know, they they want to see the villain lose. So and Andre's too, not a villain. He's too good of a guy. He's too good of a guy. That's horrible. Isn't it? it is. It really is. Because he's an active commentator on HBO. Yes. Alongside Max Kellerman and right. Jim Lampley. And, right. Yeah. I, I I like him to be honest, probably a little more than Roy. I think he's. I mean, he's on top of his stuff. He is, and he went through some issues with uh, his management. Yeah, he hasn't fought a couple, maybe one fight in the last two years. Something yeah, like yeah, that. he just had two fights. He okay, uh, okay, that's he's, right. he's getting ready to fight uh, Kovalev, which is the monster in the light. He's got a tune-up fight first, doesn't he? He's right. already had. He it. already had that. Yes. See, talk about going under the radar. Yes, <laughs> it was on. It was on HBO. He had it and. Um, it was just preparing him for Kovalev. All right. So, so for our listeners, Kovalev is the guy who beat the hell out of Hopkins. Yes. <laughs> That's, yes. Other than that, they, they call him Crusher. They call him the Crusher. Um, but Kovalev's a Russian. He's legitimate. He is legitimate. Um, he had a tune-up fight before the uh, before he get ready for Andre Ward. And what, what's the date of that fight between Ward um, and Kovalev? It's in November. Um, That's right. I don't know the actual date, but yeah. it is in November. So right around the corner. Yes, yes. Is Ward the? Are we mortgaging our future as boxing fans on Ward, or is somebody like Deontay Wilder? Does anybody care about Tyson Fury and Klitschko? I mean, what 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 are boxing fans supposed to be getting excited about? Well, should, should they be excited about Manny Pacquiao fighting again? No. Okay, I didn't think so. No, uh, I, I I think Pacquiao should go on and be a senator. <laughs> You know, he's had his time. You need to move on and let the younger guys come up. Pacquiao's an interesting character. He really is. He said uh, some very interesting things lately. Yes, he and they got him in trouble. <laughs> he lost a lot of money over it as well. So, But I, I, I think that, uh, you know, in the past, everybody, as far as being interested in boxing, always looked at the heavyweights. Um, because in that division, that's where you get your one-punch knockouts. 
Um, but the purists, they love the smaller weight class because of the boxing skill. Okay. So, so Chocolatito or one of those really lightweight guys. Yes. It's difficult to really, and I, I've watched that guy fight. Mm-hmm. What's his real name, Roman? Roman Chocolito Lo, uh is it Lopez? I think. Uh, regardless, yes. he, I think he fights at one twenty-two. Yes. Right? So, you know, no, no, no. It's actually one eighteen. I okay, think. Okay, one eighteen. Yes. So even below, like right. Nito Gennaro and all right. those guys. So if you're looking, and, and I once again, I, I follow from a distance, and I'm a casual fan. Um, but I like the the stories, even if they're the lighter the lighter weights. Right. And he he's considered best fighter in the sport right he, now. He he but, was, you know, if you listen to Jim Lamp, he lists him amongst his top. Five, you know, pound for pound in the world. Okay. You know, and I think he had him at one at number one at one point. Okay. But you know, Andre Ward started back, so he had to list Andre Ward as the number one pound for so pound. So Andre back. Ward right now is number one pound for pound. I, I think that's what Jim Lamp- Lampley lists him as. Um, you you would think it he would, was number two for the longest time, you know, and then due to inactivity, he right. was kind of default. He was number two to Floyd Mayweather. Everybody was number two to Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, with the inactivity, he he dropped, you know, in some people's mind, he's dropped. But to me, Andre Ward is the best fighter out there. Okay. So so for those of our listeners who, who are not necessarily fans of modern professional boxing, Andre Ward is who you need to pay attention to. Once again, I'm Kelly Patrick, uh, weekend sports buzz every Sunday from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. Joined in studio this morning by Aaron Sheckles. And Brian, his training partner for the, the gym they got there on Fern Valley. Right, Brian Jackson. Brian Jackson, I'm sorry. Um, you guys train young kids uh, in boxing. Yes. That's, that's your, your, your passion. That's, that's our passion. You've had some success lately. I see a guy in there. Tell us about who, who is this carrying this big belt? This is uh, Armand Jackson. Armand Jackson. Um, yeah, that's, relation? that's my nephew. Okay. That's, that's Brian's, Brian's son. Okay. Both of these kids are Brian's son. Oh, okay. And Armand just won the uh, Ringside World Championship title. Where, where was that? Uh, it was in Kansas City, Kansas. Um, how long? How long ago was this? This was what, about three weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. So how how does that work? What? what um, how many times did he fight? He fought twice. Okay. And uh, he won his weight class. The and that's 70 a gold pounds. medal. And yes. Or, or that's, a, a, that's he won a, the champ. He, he won the championship. He didn't lose. Yeah. He's he's the number one kid that that came out of that tournament at that weight and class. And he's ten years old. In, he's, he will be 10 in October. Okay, so he's nine. Wow. He's nine, yes. Okay. And he's had uh, how many fights? 10? 11. 11 fights, yes. Wow. Aaron. Okay. And, and, and does he do any other sports right now? No. No. He, he's a boxer. How many days a week? It's, it's, a, it's a way of life. Once you become a boxer, you, you live it. How many days a week is he training? Five. Five. What school? Blake Elementary. Blake Elementary, okay. Yeah. And um, to list his accomplishments. Yeah, uh, please do. Uh, Armand is the 2015 and 16 Armand. Kentucky Silver Gloves champion. Okay. He's what? a 2015-2016 Junior Olympic champion. Um, he's the 2016 Sugarbird National Title Qualifier champion. And uh, we just came back from the uh, Junior Olympics, which was held in Dallas, Texas, about a month ago. And uh, he finished in the fourth place up there. Wow. So Junior Olympics, obviously, and hence the term Olympics. Yes. National. Yes. So, so he was fighting guys from all over the country. Yes. Yes. Around the world. Okay. Around the world. Yes. Okay. Armand Jackson, one of the best, safely say, one of the best nine-year-old boxers. Yes. At least in the country, maybe the world. Well, he's, he's up there. I know that a lot of humility and things like right. that's a big yes. part of everything. Right. You don't want to get a little 
right, too, no. too ahead of yourself. No. But you look back on, on Floyd Mayweather, Andre Ward, Roy Jones Jr., any of those guys, they start boxing young. Yes. The guys who are successful. Yes, they start young. Um, and, and it's not typical for some guys to start around 15 to 16 years old, but it's really a late start for boxing. If you if – you, Get started around fifteen or sixteen. Yes, okay. I mean, and, 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 you want it to become kind of muscle memory. Exactly, yeah, you know, because this sport, you know, let's not fool yourself. This sport is the hurt business, okay, and, and you have to be mentally and physically prepared for that. And and then these kids, and that's what we do. We not only do we teach them about boxing, we we teach them about life because so much of you know the attributes of boxing can be used in life as well. So you know, you work hard, you train hard. You know, good things will come to you. Same thing for school. You work hard, you study hard, you pass those tests, get good grades. So once again, the gym is on Fern Valley. Yes. Could you give our listeners maybe a phone number, address? Um, I mean, if anybody out there is interested, I know it's a it's a niche type sport and really unique in today's landscape of sports. You get into soccer, basketball, football. That's easy. Right. You do right. that through yeah, school. Those, those are games you play. Okay. You What's the difference? You don't play boxing. You don't play boxing. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you don't play boxing. But but if, if somebody's listening, and I know that you get, there's different ways to get involved in, in a sport like this. But if we, on the outside shot, we have somebody listening. Right. Where, what's the address? What's the contact information? Do you have a website? Yes, we do. Uh, we are located at 1282 Old Fern Valley Road, Suite 117, and that's zip code 40219. And uh, you can call call me at 502 Four one nine three nine nine one, or you can call Brian. He's at five zero two seven one four three five zero nine. And uh, we do have a website. It's uh, five star boxing academy dot com. Okay. And it's a, it's a uh, it's a new website, and we're we're, we're updated, constantly updating it. So they can go there and see our information as well. But you guys have a physical location where there's a gym where people can come in and train. Yes. Um, I mean, it's all boxing. You guys don't met. What, what are your thoughts on? I, I'm a boxing fan first and foremost, but I watched the UFC fight last night. Right, Brian's laughing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, what do you think of mixing this the, this stuff? Uh, what, you, what do you think of the you, MMA? You know, my my personal opinion, and I think Brian likes MMA more than I do. But really? Okay. <laughs> I I'm a Marcus of Queensbury rule guy. Okay, that's okay. old school. Yes. Okay, so but I do respect um, all the uh, different uh, techniques that are involved in MMA. Okay, but I'm I, I'm, a, I'm a boxing guy. That's fair. It's your sport, Brian. You, you sounds like you're a little bit more of a fan of MMA. Uh, well, I just believe it should have came along a lot sooner. Yeah, because you know it it's great, but there were so many people when I was coming up that did do martial arts. It was like their style is their style. You can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. And having come up in boxing and seeing the the stance and the form. I, I fell in love with that even more as I got into martial arts because the things they were showing me were helpful if I was doing martial arts. But if it was just a, a fight or something, I mean, why why am I crossing my feet? Why are my arms in, in this motion? And then in boxing, you know, you got a firm stance and stand. And a lot of times in, in just real life situations, you don't really need to run, jump, and kick anybody. Uh huh. You know, you, you stand your ground and. You know, one, two, and it, a lot of times it can just be over. And then, you know, a lot of martial arts, you got your judo where people, now you're, you're grabbing each other. I, you know, like I said, coming up, it was different for me. You know, I grew up when when there was gang violence, big time, bad. You know, my, my worry was 
will I get jumped today? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> practical application. Right. So I don't, I don't want to get grabbed. How do I stop someone from actually getting a hold of me to where I have to choke them? You know, I'm not a big guy now. So when I was little, then I was really tiny. So I, I, I really stuck with my boxing and every other gym or, or instructor that I got up under would kind of look at me different and get a little frustrated because I wouldn't leave my boxing stance. Sure. And, and the defense is just, to me, it's, it's, you know, five-star boxing is a superior. Now, watching the big fight last night, which Steve and I did, we watched Conor McGregor and mm-hmm. Nate Diaz. In effect, really, there were some kicks involved, certainly. But Conor McGregor won via decision last night. Right. In large part because of his boxing. Right. So, yes, there's different genres of martial arts, and, and, right. and there's legitimacy to probably all of them, some mm-hmm. more than others. But certainly no denying that, that a, a strong striking game and defense. Um, is is relevant in any type of even as and I, that goes along with what you're saying, Brian. Mm-hmm. Is, is uh, relevant in a street fight or, or even a mixed martial mart mixed martial arts bout. Wow. So so boxing just to, it happens to be the the one that's certainly been the most profitable as right. far as revenue generating right. and and pay per views and things like that. And and anybody who says boxing's dead, uh, I would have a, a very strong argument against them. They, it may be relatively dead here in Louisville, right? But it's not. I we uh, boxing's not dead. Boxing's no. doing very well. It's it's if you you know you can go two to three hours from here in, in their gyms and, and you go to ten you go to Cincinnati. Okay, yeah. You go to Cincinnati. Man, they got world champions there in gyms and they've got gyms all over. Not just Bronner. No, not just Bronner. Um, they they've got other world champions there and former world champions and they right. they I mean every time we go to tournaments we'll see the Cincinnati teams there. And and they travel large. They have over 35, 40 amateur boxers per team. It, it that's might be that's just one team. Yeah, they could be other teams just from Cincinnati this. alone. So once again, Aaron Sheckles of Five Star Boxing. Uh, we, we've got um, him in studio with this morning with us this morning talking about boxing, talking about his gym. Right. Armand Jackson, his father, uh, Brian, in studio with us. Right. Uh, very involved with the scene. Before we let you go, we appreciate you coming in. Any shout-outs you want to give out? I know there's – it's a very – it's a very cool community. As yes, I've gotten to – you know, I've known Nick for a long time. Right, right. And he immediately said you got to have – got to have this guy in studio with us. Who do you want to give a shout-out to? Man, you know what? I, first of all, I want to thank you guys for having us on the show. And, and I think it's your birthday today. It, it is my birthday. Well, happy birthday yeah, 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 to you, is. man. Yep. Thank you. Um, you know, I want, I want to shout-out Nick Barris and his brothers, man. Those guys are some great guys. They are. At, you know, um, with the Louisville Select Boxing Team. I also want to give a shout-out. You know, because when I started, you know, in my basement, I didn't have anybody for my fighters to spar with. And we used to go to – a gym called Core, and I want to give Abdul Jarvis a shout out because he invited us in. You know, there there's other teams in Louisville. You know, you got your TKO boxing gym with uh, James Dixon and all those guys. So um, I want to give all those guys a shout out, even though that uh, we may end up competing against each other. When we go out of town, we're Louisville, yeah. and we represent Louisville when we go out of town. So I want to give all those guys a shout out. But I would be remiss. If I didn't give my brother-in-law Brian a shout out because I couldn't do this alone, um, he he has helped me out tremendously. He's learning the sport. He's becoming a better coach, um, and I see that. And and then also one more shout out. I want to give a shout out to my wife because you know she allows me to do this. She allows me to travel because we we go all over the country. As a matter of fact, um, 
in the next this Friday we're going to Columbus, Georgia for another boxing tournament. So um, those are the people I want to give a shout out to. Great yeah. stuff there, Aaron, Brian. We appreciate you coming in, Armand. Congratulations on your belt. Keep up the hard work and represent the city of Louisville well. We're going to head to a break. Uh, we appreciate Aaron and Brian coming in studio with us. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 14, 1450 WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside my man Steve Driver. Great guest appearance by Aaron Sheckles, Brian Jackson, Armand Jackson, uh, the great folks there, the boxing trainers here locally. We're going to get them back in studio very soon. We always get great reviews when we have either them or my man Nick Barris in studio with us promoting the local boxing scene. As much as our listeners don't want to admit it, they are boxing fans. It's just hidden somewhere. It's hidden. They, they, they don't know exactly where it's at, but somewhere deep within them, their boxing support and their fandom lies. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzzline now. We got our man, the myth, the legend, the truth is on the line with us, patiently waiting. How are you doing this morning, Truth? All right. I, uh, I was hoping one of the guys was in there for boxing because I had a good question to ask him. Uh, next time you have owner, ask him this question. Okay. Who's going to be the face of boxing? Because, you know, Roy Jones is about played out. <laughs> so I just want to know, you know, because if you look at it, Roy Jones have controlled the money-wise, Vegas-wise, everybody goes to him to play. So, you know, every sport's got a big star who where people want to draw to go see him. And I just wonder who you think it better be. Great question. And I feel Aaron and Brian, to a degree, address that. It should be Andre Ward. Or Canelo Alvarez. Canelo well, Alvarez, right? yeah. So the Mexican, Canelo Alvarez. Um, are those the two, Steve? Is it Triple G? Yeah, yeah. Say? Gannity Golovkin, who's from the whopping, very marketable, and I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. Kazakhstan. They they need somebody with a mouthpiece though that can talk some crap. I think it should be Andre Ward. Andre Ward is literally one of my favorite boxing commentators, and he's the best boxer in the world. Maybe he is. Y'all to quit that. Y'all to quit that. I'm disappointed y'all coming up with an answer with that. Come on, let's be for real. All right. Listen, listen. We done had uh, uh, foreigner boxer and all that, but listen. Let's be honest. Uh, if a uh, boss is going to sell, you're going to need an Afro-American to come to, like Muhammad Ali that's true. and Roy Jones. That's true. Because, because let's be honest with you, because that's where mostly all, all the superstars go at, in Vegas to go see them. And they can get the rappers and all the other people who don't even like boxers to show up. You're they right. They need somebody like Roy Jones because you, let's look at it. 
uh, pay-per-view of Ramson is turned boxing up now. Yeah, you're right, Truth. We appreciate it. We got to uh, end the show this morning. Been a great show. Right, Truth. Thank you very much for the call, Truth. Been a great show. A lot of action this morning. Be sure to join myself and Steve Driver next Sunday from 9 to 11 for more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Build me up.